Costs to originate keep rising, even with more technology in the industry. The problem is the core platform. A new LOS can re-architect the process around data, not humans moving paper files. Vesta has built this LOS, and you can learn more at Vesta.com. Welcome, everyone. My guest today is data journalist Will Robinson to talk about housing forecasts for 2024, and specifically what to make a mortgage rate forecast in light of how fast things are changing. Will, welcome back to the podcast. Thanks, glad to be here. Great to have you here on a very timely topic, which is forecast for the new year. And I mean, wow, it is it has been such a crazy year for forecasts. And then um, even in the short time uh, that we've been doing forecasts in the last month, I think things are already broken. So, so let's back up a little bit and talk about your data digest story that you did where you looked at um, different forecasts. Who did you, who did you choose to look at? Quite a few. So there are obviously a lot of different groups who have a, a vested interest in, in how housing does and uh, keep a close eye on it. And so there were a whole host of forecasts that, that we could have parsed through. We ended up trying to just show the ones that uh, made available their quarterly forecasts. A lot of groups just do annual. So we were trying to track uh, a tighter look on how the whole year looks. And so for various indicators that ended up being Fannie Mae, Redfin, National Association of Realtors, Mortgage Bankers Association, and Wells Fargo were the majority of them. I like that um, distribution because you do have, you know, you have Fannie Mae, who obviously has uh, different data maybe than uh, the National Association of Realtors is looking at, right? Um, so you've got Real Real Estate Association in there, you have Mortgage Bankers Association, you have uh, one of the largest lenders in the country, Wells Fargo. So it feels like a, a good representative set of forecasts. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it was it was a pretty good sample, I felt like. So what did they, um, let's walk through what what it looks like um the most contentious of course or the, or the thing that's going to be the hardest is mortgage rates like really like god bless people who are even willing to do a mortgage rate <laughs> yeah, forecast put a number on a paper and say this is what i think because yeah. i mean this last year i mean people did their best and and it was there's no way to predict what the fed did i i don't think and so um you know after that experience i'm very <laughs> interested to see what they said about mortgage rates this time yeah, so universally, the picture is better. So they're expecting lower mortgage rates, especially by the end of the year. And they're expecting kind of an inching rate down through the first half of the year and then a steeper rate down in the in the second half of the year. But all of the ones that we looked at, the forecast for the whole year ended up still above 6%. Not a lot above 6%, but still above 6%. Um, and so... The, the tricky part right now is that for the first quarter, um, the average was still above 7%. So the average of the four that we looked at were uh, 7.28% mortgage rates for the first quarter. Um, and obviously, we are currently below that right now. Um, so that's, that is um, an interesting development since those. I mean, the, and these are kind of various ranges. Uh, NAR does theirs quarterly. So their last full quarterly projections were at the end of October. And then the others, most of the others were mid-November, and I think we had one the first week of December. So these were all before the Fed meeting, uh, and NARS was the furthest away in time from right now. 
Well, and I mean, you can understand, I mean, so NARS was pretty much closer to 8% than where we are today, right? And and looking at that, and at that point, the Fed was still uh, talking pretty hawkishly about what they thought the future looked like. So again, understandable that it was hard to predict what was going to happen. It's true. I will say, though, for NARS specifically, they do a good job in their quarterly one. They break out like every single number. And so they do have a, their own predictions of the Fed fund rate that was available in the quarterly one for October. And they did forecast even in the October one, three rate cuts uh, next year, even back then. Um, and they had their, their, you know, 2024 look ahead summit this last week. And it was the day before the Fed meeting. And at that point, they were predicting four rate cuts next year. So that was priced into their, or, you know, modeled into their expectations. But yeah, that was, that was a while ago as far as expectations. So walk us through what what it looks like specifically, and then what you think we should take from that, given that we're already below those numbers today. Yeah. So in general, I would say the vibe from all of these forecasts is next year is going to be better, but probably only a little better. It was more of, I guess, the optimism is in the sense that 2023 was rock bottom, <laughs> but not that next year is going to be a banner year. Again, they're they're the general expectation is that rates are going to stay above 6% all the way through next year. So that would be, that would still help inventories and that would still help um, buyer affordability a little bit. And so there's a general expectation of more uh, existing home sales and that's anywhere from like three to 7% more than last year. There's a higher expectation that new home sales are going to continue to do well just because there's more inventory and there's more inventory in the pipeline. And you're still seeing that, that mortgage rate lock on on people not willing to put their houses on the market right now. So just with the inventories being better, with new home sales, there's a higher expectation that both in pricing power and in just overall sales, that new home sales are going to continue to do better than existing home sales. Home prices, uh, the expectation is they're either going to be flat or a little, little lower. So like tops 3% lower than they were this year. And obviously, We've set multiple records for all-time highs this year. So not expecting huge changes in prices at all for many of the forecasters, uh, at least for the existing home prices. And then home construction was, it seemed like, out of the ones that we could get quarterly numbers for, it was kind of just throwing a dart at a dartboard. We had, out of, out of the ones that we're guessing, there was one that was way higher, one that was way lower, and two that were basically the exact same. And then the average of that would obviously be about the exact same. So builders, we've talked about this in previous data digest, we've talked about on here, builders are still at higher levels than they were pre-pandemic, but that's kind of flatlined at that they're maintaining that higher level, but it's not growing anymore. It's more plateaued. And so I guess you could, you could say the takeaway from, from that is more of the same for next year is, is kind of the expectation. Interesting to see how all of these um, work together. Obviously, like you said, mortgage rates drive everything else that's going to happen. And from my perspective, one of the interest, most interesting things is the home prices, which you mentioned, because if mortgage uh, rates dip, I feel like that you know demand is going to go up. I don't think inventory is going to potentially match that demand. So then home prices, which you know, are, are just still pretty high. Um, to your point, I mean, we don't, no one sees it like, oh, home prices are going to fall 20%. So we're, or, or 40%. So we're back down to 2019 levels. I mean, nobody sees that happening. No, I mean, you hit the nail on the head that that sounded like almost verbatim some of the reports that I read on, on their forecast and, and exactly the mortgage rates are 
that's the key touchstone in all of the different forecasts is, is what our mortgage rate's going to do. And just to kind of like share some ex some perspectives on that, um, Lawrence Young, the chief economist for NAR, he spoke with our colleague Sarah Marks, and he was saying he said the story this year and the story next year depend on two variables: mortgage rates and inventory. And then you have other people chiming in, which I'm sure Lawrence Young would agree with that mortgage rates are a big part of inventory because people aren't putting their homes into inventory because of the difference in the mortgage rates they have and the mortgage rates they could get. So you have mortgage, uh, mortgage Stanley saying, as rates come down throughout the year, you would expect one, affordability to improve and two, for sale inventory to increase. And then just this last one I'll add is from Moody's Analytics, higher mortgage rates are the main reason for the low level of sales. Lower rates will spur additional activity, but sales are unlikely to rise appreciably until rates fall closer to 6% which the forecasts are not saying is going to happen until Q4 of next year. So it kind of reinforces that one mortgage rates are, are really what's causing all of these ripples in the market that we're trying to forecast for this upcoming year. And that unless you get way lower mortgage rates, you're not going to see dramatic changes in these things. You're looking for incremental changes in home sales and home prices next year. And all of that, I think, you know, makes total sense. I mean, there's just no, the, the affordability part of this is, um, you know, it's the overall picture. And so home prices, mortgage rates together, um, really, you know, determine like, can people afford this house? What's the demand going to be? You know, so I, that makes all sense to me. So, but let's talk about now. So that was the, the story that you wrote about and did a great job doing data, data visualizations for last week. It's a whole new week, Will. So <laughs> it feels like those, some of those predictions, we just need to go, okay, that might totally change. So how are you thinking about it this week after the Fed meeting and, and seeing what happened? Yeah. So again, looking at our, our mortgage rates ones, I, I averaged it for the, for the ones who gave us quarterly projections. 6.62% was the average expectation for Q3. And as of Friday, we were at 6.69. So as of Friday, we were basically at the Q3 projection for next year. Uh, and even, even the day before the Fed meeting when NAR did its presentation, its expectation for the full year was a 6.3% average rate, which we're not too far from. And, uh, you know, if you go from the beginning of last week to the end of last week, you go from 6.99 to 6.69. So that's a, that's a pretty big jump. So there is the potential urges like, okay, well then they're already wrong. Let's just chuck all of this in a bin. And I would say, slow down a second. <laughs> um, so one of the things is that the, the anticipations lead the Fed. So before the Fed actually raised rates, there was an expectation that the Fed was going to raise rates. And so mortgage rates rose before the Fed made changes. I think you're seeing a similar effect. There is the expectation now that the Fed is going to cut rates. And so mortgage rates are falling before the Fed cuts rates. But what you had in the meeting from last week was expectations. That was not a schedule of, we are going to make this many cuts we're going to do it on this date. Those are all expectations. And I would point out around this time last year, you had another kind of peak to valley nosedive in mortgage rates. Um, so you went from in November 10th, 2022 to February 9th, 2023, 
the weekly average rate for the 30-year mortgage went from just over 7% to just over 6.1%. And then obviously it went back up. So these are quarterly projections of full year projections. And so you don't want to get too swayed by what happened in a week when you're looking at, at, at that kind of a time scale. Um, and I would stress kind of some of Jerome Powell's words that these projections are not a committee decision or plan. And he also said, no one is declaring victory. That would be premature and we can't be guaranteed of this progress. And then you had the New York Fed president, John Williams, on Friday after Jerome Powell spoke say, we're not really talking about rates yet. And it would be premature to be thinking about March, which as of right now, a lot of these expectations are assuming the first rate comes in March. It's, these are all forward looking things and it's, we don't know what the future is going to be. So somebody's gonna be, everyone's gonna be at least a little bit wrong and we don't know to what degree who's gonna be more wrong, who's gonna be more right. This is all kind of forward looking. Um, and it, it's, not, it's not just mortgage rates that we're seeing this like, we made it, it's gonna be a soft landing, the Fed's coming down, like, you saw this across the economy. Um, so you saw tech stocks bounce back. You saw real estate and banking stocks bounce back. There's just this kind of shared consensus. And I think a lot of it is just that everybody was so hungry for any good news about fund rates at all that it was like, okay, now really the intention is cutting everything back to, to good times. And so I think you, you could see a bit of a correction soon in the sense that you know, optimism can turn to exuberance. And so we just don't know. Um, and so I think a lot of these projections that a lot of the, well, all, all of the forecasts that are in the data digest from last week had the assumption in them that the Fed was going to cut rates multiple times next year. So that was that did not surprise the forecasters that the Fed would be cutting rates next year. Um, so whether the forecasts are right or wrong, they were not blindsided by the idea of rate cuts next week. Uh, and I would stress just maybe don't put too much faith in the movement of a single week when you're looking at a full quarter or a full year kind of projection. Well, and it sounds like what you're saying is um, it's not like, you know, it's not like March Madness where like, okay, you get mm -hmm. your bracket broken in the first week and you're like, okay, I'm, I'm totally off. You know, we could just throw it out the window that, that even though in the first week we saw some really unusual things happen, especially in like the fact that we're in like 6.6, .6 whatever already, um, that doesn't mean that you can just throw out the whole projections. Yeah. And, and, and the Fed's saying the same thing. The Fed is saying, we're looking at the same data you're looking at, and that data is encouraging. If the next round of data that we look at is not encouraging, then we'll do something else. And that's, that is one of the things Powell said multiple times is that we still have that arrow in the quiver. So we expect that we are at or near the peak of rate hikes. But if we see different numbers, we have not taken increasing rates off of the table. That is still on the table. So it, so we still are all going to be watching the inflation data. We're still all going to be watching the jobs data we still have to see. And again, just kind of like contextual way of thinking about it. James McIntosh, who's a senior markets columnist for Wall Street Journal, was kind of just talking about the totality of everybody jumping back into rate sensitive things and just kind of that like, oh, I guess we're fine now. If you said, okay, well, if you look at this exact time last year, you had a similar consensus that we are barreling towards a recession, that we're six months away from a recession. And there was a lot of market behavior based on that expectation, which then we didn't get. So, he, his, his column was basically just beware consensus. So just because there's a consensus at the moment does not mean that that is what's going to happen. Um, so really it just stresses, I guess, the, that we need to keep looking at the same numbers that we were looking at this whole year. 
We need to keep looking at inflation. We need to keep looking at what the Fed says. We need to keep looking at jobs. Uh, and we need to keep looking at the 10-year the yield and how that is differentiating or not differentiating from from mortgage rates and a lot of the same things. And to be fair, that's what a lot of the forecasters, that's what all of the forecasters were looking at when they made their predictions for next year. I like it. No, um, and I would say, you know, our lead analyst, Logan Motoshami, definitely, um, he he felt like there was an inflection point several weeks ago um, and and felt like, you know, he he expected the Fed to to be able to change their tune a little bit to that point. And he does expect the inflation data to keep getting better. But again, we have to, fingers crossed. we'll have to look at yeah. it. Fingers <laughs> crossed. We would, all, we would all like that. Um, I think we had 12 to 15 weeks last year, as you said, that were really, um, that were positive. And so purchase application data went up. We just saw this big bump, right? Which made for a, a nice spring because people, um, or early spring, because people jumped at that rate. And it's also just the psychological feeling of like before six point whatever wasn't, you know, that attractive if you're looking at three. But if you if you went and you looked at eight, you're like, I better jump in at six, you know, whatever it looks like. So it's so weird how that changes. Yeah, it's totally fair. And yeah, I think I think there's some optimism even if rates stay high, just that people need to move. Like there's just too many life events for you to never sell your house again. And so I think there's some optimism that there would be some higher sales than next year, which is why the consensus estimate is that 2023 was the rock bottom, that there's still going to be more inventory, even if rates are in in the seven-ish percent range. And so seeing rates come down early is definitely more encouraging. And so I'm not trying to totally rate on the parade. It is encouraging to see that. And, and you know, we would love for it to stay down there. Um, but you know, it's just, it, this is a full year look that we're, that we're trying to do. And, and we don't know what's going to happen in a full year. Cause obviously the 2020s have shown a lot of different things can happen in, in just one year. So let's talk a little bit about home sales and what the total number of home sales we're expecting. Um, again, you know, referencing Logan, it's rare in the U S to have less than 4 million home sales in a year, just because of the sheer number of people we have and, the people who need to move for various reasons, not just like, oh, I want to, but like they need to. It usually, if you look, you know, historically over the last couple of decades, it's about 4 million. Um, you know, it, it can get much higher than that. But um, what are the projections for 2024 there? So for existing home sales, we did on the quarterly figures, those are um, the seasonally adjust, adjusted annual rate of homes sold and for that one, you have Q4 starting out either just south of 4 million or just north of 4 million. Uh, and then you have a much r- wider range by the end of the year to NAR being over 5 million uh, at the high end and Fannie Mae being 4.2 million at the low end. Um, I believe the figure that NAR put out this last week for the full year was 4.7 million. There were, we definitely, we're going to be looking at other forecasts and, and kind of, we're going to be, we're going to keep looking at forecasts for next year. We're still rounding up someone, some of the ones that were full year look aheads. This last data digest focused on just the ones that did it by a quarterly breakdown. But typically um, what I saw was between the 3% increase in existing home sales to tops around 12% existing home sale increase. So somewhere in that range of low singles to just around 10% of the increase in existing home sales. So interesting. So, so more than 2023, but not like blockbuster. Exactly. But, you know, 
there were a few that were that were brave enough to venture into 2025 forecasts and it continued to get rosier that's still predicated on the same kind of stuff that you're seeing out of the fed which is fed rate starting to come down in 2024 continuing to go down in 2025 continuing to go down in 2026 to the point that you're seeing 2.8 percent or three percent as the fed fund rate further on this is supposed to be so based on those kinds of expectations you're seeing next year as basically the the beginning of a rebound in home sales. So uh, yeah, not a banner year, but on a good trajectory that should continue to get better if inflation numbers continue to get better, if the Fed fund rate continues to get better, that kind of thinking. So interesting because over the weekend, there was a, a lot of uh, exuberance, as you might say, um, and you know saw a lot of people who were not only talking about the fives, but even the fours. And, um, you know, so there's plenty of people on uh, the internet that I do not listen to, but these were, these were not even like, you know, these weren't like far out people nobody's ever heard of. And I was like, wow, that's interesting. So we're going to have to see. Yeah. Um, Cause I, I had, I had CNBC on when, uh, after the, after the Fed meeting and it was like, at one point I want to say it was 89% of the S&P 500 was up on the day. Like it was like, it was just that the exuberance was just everywhere. It was, everybody was excited. And even by the end of the day that had come down a little bit, but it was, you know, interest rates impact a lot of things. Obviously they impact mortgage rates, but they impact a lot of things. And so you're seeing, you're seeing a lot of optimism, I would say in everything that interest rates touch right now. So I'm so glad that you got, that you did this um, analysis now at the end of 2023, <laughs> because then we can, you know, uh, keep checking back over it and, and do more data uh, all through next year. Was there anything about the data that you looked at of the different forecasts that surprised you? I think it was maybe that in general, NAR seemed the most optimistic about most things, but they seemed the least optimistic about mortgage rates going down. So even though they had some of the higher expectations of mortgage rates for next year, they still expected the most sales. They still expected the most new construction. So it seems it just seems kind of interesting. You would think it would be the opposite that then they would also be the most optimistic about mortgage rates going down. But I think in general, most of the forecasters were were kind of on the same page. I think you, where you had the least consensus was on construction and the pace of construction. But in general, I think it was reassuring, I guess, to see that the forecasters were kind of all on the same page because it gives you a little more confidence in in that guess being somewhere near how things pan out, that mortgage rates are going to be lower and home sales are going to be a little bit better and home prices at least aren't going to get worse <laughs> was kind of, I guess, my takeaways from it. These are good silver linings. Uh, I, I appreciate that. I think everyone in the in the industry needed some good news going into the holidays because it has been a brutal year in many respects. Um, even people have really, you know, figured out a way to make it work and are doing okay. I mean, you know, it's it's not been a banner year for anyone that I can that I can see. And so, um, you know, good news all the way around. What are you planning for this week's Data Digest? I think it's going to be a little bit of a deeper dive at this, a little deeper dive at, you know, what were the predictions out of the Fed? How does that compare to recent predictions that they have made? Um, how have mortgage rates moved in tandem with some of these Fed meetings in the past and how how different does this week look compared to those weeks and just kind of try to contextualize this 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 move that we're seeing in mortgage rates recently. I love it. Um, listeners, if you don't know what I'm talking about when I say data digest, it's a newsletter that we do every week 
that Will puts together and he looks at some of the most compelling data that's out there uh, in housing and then does data visualizations around it. And it's really fun because those visualizations can give you more insight just, you know, the whole point of that is like so that you understand things at a different level by seeing it visualized. And uh, he does a great job at that. So um, sign up for the Data Digest newsletter. And Will, thank you so much for being on and and sharing what you uh, found. Thanks so much. Appreciate being here. Thanks for listening to Housing Wire Daily. If you haven't already, we'd love for you to take a minute to rate the show or leave a comment. We'll see you back here on Monday for more news and insights.